Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to fellowship, to gather together and worship you, Father. And we ask everything that's said and done, Father, will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So uh, I'm going to use a Gary joke. Gary told me a good joke the other day. If y'all don't laugh, we're going to blame it on me because I didn't tell it good. But anyway, so this guy uh, got arrested and was going to prison. And the warden is walking him down the aisle between all the cells and all the people are standing at the doors. And as they're walking, one of the guys in the cell yells, 36! And everybody busts out laughing. And the guy, the, the prisoner is like, what, what happened? He said, well, everybody's been here so long Everybody knows the joke so well, we numbered them. So you don't have to tell the whole joke. You just yell the number, and everybody gets it. So they take a couple more steps, and the guy over on the other cell yells, 32, and everybody dies laughing again. And he was like, huh, that's pretty neat. So a couple more steps, the guy gets cocky and says, 27, and nobody says anything. And the warden looks at him and says, well, some folks just can't tell a joke. <laughs> Obviously, some folks can't tell a joke. <laughs> <laughs> terrible so it makes it funny uh, um, thank y'all for coming this morning I was a little bit concerned about 1020 whether y'all were coming or not as a whole I appreciate y'all a bunch anyway uh, what we're talking about today is Christmas uh, and we're talking about gifts um, and you know timing is everything right well wait a minute with gift giving timing is everything because I, I would bet money that if, if Miss Cricket got a PlayStation 4 for Christmas this morning, she would not think it's all that great a gift, right? <laughs> probably not, right? Or a skateboard, right? If Miss Elsie got a skateboard for Christmas, she probably wouldn't think it was that great a gift. Why? Was it not a good gift? No, it is a good gift, but it has to be at the right time, right? I mean, if the little kids got those things, they would think those things are amazing. Or if the little kids were to get like a an Afghan or whatever, I don't know what old people get, whatever y'all get, clothes or shoes or whatever, right? They, they think that's a terrible gift. That's not a gift. That's clothes. It doesn't count. So a gift to be meaningful has to be a good gift and it has to be at the right time. And it's really difficult, right? It's difficult when the kids start to grow up like, when do you give them the last baby doll, right? When does a Barbie all of a sudden become an insult and not a present, right? I mean, that's a struggle that you fight. Wait a minute. If you have little kids, that's a struggle that you fight as they grow. Is how, how do you get the right gift at the right time? So when you think about what God did, giving us the birth of Christ, it took a lot of planning and, and thought and imagination and prophecy and all of this stuff for this perfect gift to be delivered at the perfect time. And you know, you could argue whether it was 100 years later or 100 years earlier, would it have made that much of a difference? And the answer is yes. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff. So, um, best place to start is in the beginning. So, if you will, flip to the book of Genesis right? But that's really, really the beginning, right? 
I mean, Genesis 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I mean, right, that is the, that is the beginning of the beginning. <coughs> Daggum, Stephen's not here, and I don't have any water. <laughs> Sorry, dog. Um, so that's where it was set up, and then God said, Let there be light, right? This was the beginning of the beginning. Something that I, I didn't notice until I started working on this. And I guess I'd seen it, but I hadn't. You know, stuff is different in perspective, right? Uh, verse 14, and God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate day from night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times. Did y'all know that? That when we establish the stars, not only did he establish the stars that give light into the sky... But he lined them up so which that it would be a rolling calendar. So those stars would help develop a time frame of things that were to come. And if you study Daniel very much, Daniel, man, that guy, he spent lots and lots and lots of time studying the stars and understanding the story of God in the stars. Right? He, he spent a lot of time in the stars of, of what God had laid out. And I mean, and now... Like, like everything else that is of God, uh, the enemy has tried to hijack that and take those stars and say, well, if you're born in this month and this is your sign and that's your star and this is what your week's going to look like, right? But God actually set those stars up for a reason and laid them out for exactly the reason to be able to develop a time frame of when things were going to happen. All right, so flip with me to Numbers, chapter 24. In verse 17, and it says, I see him, <clears throat> I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. So, so he, is, he is prophesying that there is this, out of Judah, out of, <clears throat> what does he say right here? Out of Jacob, and it ends up being out of the tribe of Judah, and out of Bethlehem, right? So all of those things had to line up. If you go to Matthew, and you get in the beginning of Matthew, it talks about, and this is the lineage of Jesus Christ. Y'all ever read that? Y'all ever thought about how many different folks had to marry the right folks and have kids at the right time to have the right lineage, that that lineage works out, right? Because he had to be out of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Judah and David, right? All of those things lined up. So for this gift to be right, to be wrapped with the right bow, to be the right color, the right size, the right shape, the right everything, it had to be designed and set aside. You can bring it. It's all good. I need it. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm firing Stephen for good right here. He, he's out. You get a new job. Thank you very much. Um, so for this gift to be just right, all of these things had to be done at exactly the right time. And all of these prophecies that were made, and there were bunches of prophecies about the birth of Christ, right? But for all of these prophecies to be fulfilled, all of these things had to happen. Like, for instance, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but just, just to think about it. No, I'm not. I won't. I ain't going to do it. I'm going to stay in order as best I can. All right, so we know that God set up the stars, right, to set up times and, and, and to 
give information, right? Um, so, if you will, turn to the book of Daniel. I'm going to try to do the same if I can find my mark. Ah, the book of Daniel. And Daniel was a man of God, right? And Daniel had been taken into captivity. Daniel had been castrated, right? And he, they did the same stuff that's going on now with the, the mutilation of gender and all of that stuff. That's not new. They were doing that then too. Um, Daniel chapter 9. <clears throat> Uh, we'll start with 21st verse. And while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in an earlier vision, who we know is an angel of God, came to me swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. And he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, the word went out. Oh, wait a minute. That's what I want, right? I want 25. It's okay, we're coming. <clears throat> the word went out, which I've come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgressions and to put an end to the sin and atone for the wickedness and to bring the everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy place. 25. Know this. From the time the word goes out to restore and reveal Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens, and it will be rebuilt in the streets <clears throat> and a trench. But in times of trouble, uh, verse 26, after six, <clears throat> 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. Right? So... I mean, that sounds, that's kind of cryptic, right? But basically, if you go back and study and figure out what all Gabriel said to Daniel, once they decide to rebuild Jerusalem, it sets up a 400-year time frame of when the Messiah is going to come. And 33 years later to when he will be killed, right? If you do all of the mathematics and what Daniel was going through. So he knew that once they called to rebuild Jerusalem... Right? Once that happened, that Jesus was going to be born, the Messiah was going to be born, and then 33 years later he would be destroyed. And at this time it says it looks like he will have done nothing. Right? So if you look at Jesus' life, what the Jews were looking for is a mighty conquering Messiah to come in and crush and kill all of their opponents. And if you look at Jesus' life on that scale, he did none of it. What he did do was, was buy us back from our sin and won the fight against Satan for all of eternity. But in the natural, the Jews were disappointed because they expected a great <clears throat> kind of a Joshua, right? When Joshua showed up, Joshua went on a rampage and killed tribes of people. They were expecting the Messiah to be a great warrior and a king. And what we got was a lamb, so what you were expecting was a yo-yo or a skateboard, but what you got is a nice winter coat, right? You, we got a gift, but it wasn't exactly what we thought it was going to be. So in that time frame, 
when Daniel was in captivity, Daniel was a man of God no matter what, right? He got thrown into the lion's den. He worshiped God no matter what was going on. Daniel took all of this information that he had from the stars, all of this information he had from Gabriel, and it doesn't explicitly say it in the Bible, but it is believed that he took that information and he taught it to the wise men of the kingdom, right? Why is that important? Why is it important for Daniel to take his knowledge of God's word and of the stars and of what the prophecies say and teach it to those folks? Well, we'll get to that. Um, I think I want to go to Isaiah. Now, let's go to Matthew. The gospel according to Matthew This is why it matters. The gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem and in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star <clears throat> when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now how can non-God-fearing people no concept of the Jewish religion, no concept of Christianity, because Christianity doesn't exist yet. How did they know that this star meant that the king of the Jews were being born? Because Daniel had taught them what God's word said. Daniel had taught them the time frame in which they were looking at. Daniel had taught them to what the star was going to represent and where it was going to be and what was going to happen when it came. Right? I mean, he had been exiled with them. He, he had lived with them. He, he taught them. So when the wise men showed up, the 500 years had taken place. They had passed down the information from person to person to person to set this up. Because Isaiah said that all of these kings from the east were going to come and worship the Messiah. And they were going to bring him gifts. Well, how is that possible? How is it possible for people who are not in this culture to have any clue what's going on? Because Daniel spent his time, and why is it important? Well, because every prophecy about the birth of Christ had to be true. And when you know the beginning and the end, you can see what the prophecy says, if you're God, and go back 500 years and sick your man Daniel on it and tell him to start teaching him about what his word says and about what his stars mean and about how all this is supposed to line up and how this gift is supposed to be perfect and how <coughs> all of these things have to take place for this to be the perfect gift. For all of these prophecies have to take place for this to work out exactly like I meant to because it can't be a oops. This is not out of a, well, you know, we think he's the Messiah, probably. But, I mean, that girl said she was a virgin, but we don't really know that. that God's word has to be so irrefutable that he wants confirmation coming from hundreds of miles away to confirm what he said in place 500 years before. I don't think we understand the concept. I mean, 
<clears throat> think about how much time you spent figuring out what to buy your folks this year. Like, how much time did you spend on each gift? I mean, did you just go like, oh, well, I know what I'm getting him, and I know what I'm getting her, and that's easy, and, you know, some, some AirPods and some whatever, and, and we'll just take care of it. But can you imagine saying in the beginning that I'm going to set these stars up to tell a story to where they're going to show in the heavens what's taking place on earth. Okay, good. Let's set that aside. So I got that in, in motion. Now, what I really need is I need one of my people to explain it to folks who don't live here to where they can show up so nobody can argue whether this is the true king. Right? He has to be of the lineage of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Judah and David. He has to be born of a virgin. He has to be out of the house of David. But he needs to be born in Bethlehem, but they don't live in Bethlehem. So we'll make a tax to where they have to move his pregnant wife across town, across the country, where she can be in the right place at the right time. We're going to put shepherds out in the field because the prophecy said that the tribes of the field were going to come and worship the newborn king. So we're going to set those folks up. <clears throat> Can't put a billboard up, right? Can't have a street sign saying, hey, when you get here, shepherds, I want you to hang right here until it's exactly the right time, and then I'm going to move y'all over. So what we'll do is we'll get our shepherds and we'll set them up over here, and then when it's time, when he's been born, then we'll send the angels to go tell them where they can come tell everybody else. But I need to make sure my folks from hundreds of miles away that have been prophesied about in Isaiah that they're going to bring him gifts. <clears throat> Let's, where is that? Um, it's actually in Psalms. Uh, turn with me to Psalms. I got some Isaiah's too. We're going to get there. Yep, Psalms. That's still Psalms. Um, Psalms chapter 72, verse 10. May the kings of Tarsha and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring him gifts. May all the kings bow down to him and all the nations serve him. So just in case you were concerned of whether or not you didn't buy that she was a virgin and you didn't buy that he came from the house of David and he was born in Bethlehem, right? Because Micah said, Bethlehem, you're not a very good town, but don't worry, I got something special for you coming, right? God spent all of this time lining this perfect gift up. It's got to be the right size and the right shape and the right color. Thousands of years. Do you, do you know, like, when, when God was talking about that he was going to make the stars tell the story, that was before he had created humans, right? If you go back to where we started in Genesis, if you talk about, like, the perfect, like, we got to plan this out perfectly, if you go back to Genesis... Uh, verse 14, we talk about the stars. It's a couple more verses down before we talk about people. So who were the stars for before there were people? 14 said, let there be lights, right? 27, God said, so let us create man in our own image. So this would be like, 
you plan, I mean, in our small spectrum of our life, right? You planning the perfect gift to give your grandchild when you're about 10 years old. That's what kind of forethought we're talking about what God did to set up what was going on. It is unimaginable for all of these things to line up. And every one of them did at the right time, at the right place. I mean, it just happened that there were herds of shepherds on the outskirts of town. What, what next one? All right. <clears throat> so in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. Uh, verse 6, now, now this is, you know, this is quite, quite, quite a bit of time before. <clears throat> For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of his greatness, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, <clears throat> establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time forever. So if we go to Luke, right? So, so, so there we go. For under us will be a bo child born, right? And he will be the Savior. He will be Emmanuel. And then you go back to look at what the angels say. And they too somehow come up with the same words, right? In those days, Caesar Augustus, there was the decree, there are some angels. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born unto you. He is a Messiah and a Lord, and this will be the sign unto you. Right? So Isaiah said it years, 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 years in advance for the angels to show up and announce it. And the bad part about it is, God's people, the Jews, the people that the perfect gift was built for, the people that God has spent all of this time delivering from all of these crazy things. I mean, he, he had saved them from the flood, and, and he, he had kept them out of Egypt, and, and I mean, got them out of Egypt, and, and he had given them the promised land, and he had set them up that this is their perfect gift. This is for them. It says, it fits all of the boxes, all of the things that you are supposed to have been remembering in the book of the law, all of God's prophecies, all of the stuff that he had spent time lining up, all of this stuff refused his gift. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how I'd have handled that. I mean, what time we spend in gifts, right? And you spend time in gifts, you think about what people want and what they want and what they need and how can we help them and, oh, well, you know, this kid needs this and this kid's different, but she wants that and this kid's that, right? And you want them to be happy when they open their gifts, right? Could you imagine spending thousands of years from the beginning of time setting up the absolute perfect gift 
and checking all of the boxes and all of the prophecies and telling them everything that was getting ready to take place. And then when they got it, they said they didn't think it was it. That's not what I want. We might have had another flood if I was God. All right, that's it. Everybody out. We're going to start over. Start from scratch again. Everybody, we ain't saving nothing. Get. I'll, I'll build some more. I got more dirt. I'll build some more. I ain't got time for y'all. Thank God they didn't. Because without that, it wouldn't have been my gift. So for it to be my gift, I needed some other people <laughs> to not accept the gift. I needed those folks to not take what Christ had given them. Right? So our salvation was bought with all of this elaborate planning from, you know, setting up the stars and, <clears throat> and then for that star to, to be lined up exactly where it's supposed to be to represent the birth of Christ, that he be born of a virgin, that the shepherds come and, and worship him, that the men from far off come and worship him, that Herod gets mad and starts killing little kids. So he flees to Egypt because that was part of the prophecy too. And they were trying to figure out how can he be from Bethlehem and from Egypt, right? That he was going to raise him up. How can all of these prophecies be true? And if you check them off on a list, every one, yep, it's the right size. It's the right color. It's exactly what you wanted. It's exactly at the right time. It's at the time to where everybody had to go to their hometown to be taxed, check. Mama's a virgin, check. Out of the right lineage, yes. Right? Every possible part of it was correct. And because it was, and, and you know, and, and Daddy and I have had this conversation before about prophecy. And, and I, I would, I'll, I'll, I'll give them some empathy, Right? I would imagine if you read the book of Isaiah a thousand times, like they did. I mean, that's what they did. They just read it. It would be hard to see that prophecy coming true in real life, right? Now, there were a handful that did, right? There were a handful that understood God's gift and knew what was taking place. But in the masses, they were blind. Thank God that we don't have to go back and plundered through all of that scripture to find all of those prophecies. Now, standing on the outset, we can see that all of these things, all of the boxes were checked. All of the time was right. Every part of it was perfect. <clears throat> and because it was, he came here. He was made flesh and dwelt among us. And I think what's most important is he had the same free will we have, right? He had the same opportunity to sin that we had. He had the same opportunity to live however he chose. And when he was grown and become an adult, he was tempted the same way we are and still chose us over that. And because he came here as a perfect lamb of God and he lived his life holy and blameless, <clears throat> took my sins and your sins to the cross, he became the absolute perfect gift for all of mankind. Whether you're young or old or, or black or white or green or pink or, or skinny or fat or anything else, he does not discriminate because he fulfilled his deal so perfectly and that God loved the world so much 
that he gave us this perfect gift. If it were not for this gift, it would be no hope, no God and no hope. But because of what God went through and lined up and set up and planned perfectly, and I mean, y'all ever planned something that you needed like 10 people to show up exactly when you needed them to show up and do exactly what you wanted them to do? Y'all ever done that? It's, it's not easy, right? It's, it's not easy getting people to show up exactly at the right time, do exactly what you want them to do. And God set this up <clears throat> over thousands of years for every minute of it to be exactly when he wanted it to be. Do you think God didn't want him to be, his mama to ride on that donkey to Bethlehem? That's exactly part of what was going to take place. It happened exactly the way it was planned for me. <clears throat> Have you ever got a gift that you thought, man, you know, they spent some time on this. They, they really knew what I wanted. They really knew what I needed. And they really, really spent time on this. I mean, not like, you know, oh, I'm at Walmart and check out and... Oh, yeah, I, that, that'll do a good gift for them, right? Not some Winnie the Pooh socks or something. I mean, you know, not something that's, something that's really, really, really what you wanted. Well, that, that's what God did for us. Even if you didn't know that's what you needed, right? Even if it's outside of your normal realm of what you think you should have got. Well, I really wanted a blue one or a green one. Or I'd have got a different size. When Jesus got here, he was the perfect gift. And his legacy, what did he say? It's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. You don't outgrow it. It don't ever tarnish. It's irrefutable. It's indestructible. There's nothing that comes against the salvation that God's given us through Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day, for this Christmas day, Father. We thank you and praise you for these folks, and we just lift them up to you right now. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.